Krakoa Radio presents. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by the amazing... I don't know why I emphasize that, but you know, the, the one, the only, but we couldn't get him. So I'm here. Josh is here. <laughs> we couldn't get the oh, Bice's his brother is here. So we couldn't, we couldn't get the amazing Josh. So the mediocre Josh is here. Um, and like you said, we talk about the latest and greatest in the X-Men line. And then we also talk about X lives and X deaths of Wolverine. Oh shit. <laughs> Hot take. Hot, hot take hot turnaround from issue one. Oh, let me tell you how i've come full 180 on that fucking series how's we'll it going man i haven't talked to you in a minute what's happening pretty good life's okay i almost had a little bit of a cold but i did the old man thing of just get some alka-seltzer and lay in bed for a day and you'll be good plot, plot fizz fizz that shit away yeah it's pretty good and uh mm-hmm. while i was in bed i read x-men Immor- immortal number one and uh, immortal x dude and when we get through with this bullshit that we're doing right now, and we actually cover this book, we might not have time for anything else. Uh, you know, this, I'm glad it's only four books today for sure. This book is fucking phenomenal. But before we go too much further, man, uh, other comic stuff happening. Uh, have you? What are you thinking of Moon Knight? I'm no. I'm sure you're cut up. Oh yeah, Moon Knight's really good. Uh, I saw a weird like hate towards it after the second episode people saying a certain scene like literally people taking one scene oh yeah i mean that scene was pretty ridiculous but i guess but in context not really like with the character we're talking about a scene that involves one of the personalities of moon knight getting powers for the first time and fighting a bad guy and wait we're talking about different scenes then i'm talking about the scene where it literally like he sees the demon or whatever, and it literally like freeze frames on his like scared face for like a second or two, and then he like cut somewhere else. That <laughs> you know what? I liked it, but it was stupid. But I liked it. <laughs> it was ridiculous, or as we used to say in the in the early two thousands, ridiculous. <laughs> I liked it. I don't know why. I liked it. It was so over the top. It was very. You know, it felt. Like, it felt like an Evil Dead moment. It was it was very it was very campy and I yeah. and I didn't hate it like it was it was goofy but like I've been enjoying the show too it's it's messy it's it's up it's down but uh, I'm really intrigued by this by this series see I don't even find it like I feel like the nature of it is messy when he has multiple personalities and I love the first episode especially just because of the way they interpreted how steven would lose conscious and then wake up with blood on his hands you know yeah or a gun in his hand stuff like that i think the transition of the suit looks fantastic pretty good pretty good i think it's a a great way to keep oscar isaacs from having to learn any karate or anything oh yeah of course wake up and he's done it all yeah Uh, i think ethan hawk is good in it so far i have suspicions about his character Every t- well, as you should. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's a reliable narrator on this goddamn show. I don't think there is a conchu. Eh, that's a solid point. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, there might. I have not a feeling. Like, I'm waiting for like at least episode three before I put like my full theory out there. But if I there's a, not a Conchu, then there means there's not an Arthur Harrow either, because he references him a lot. So, my belief right now is everything that Ethan Hawke's character. By the way, listeners, this is the corner of what's up to date in the MCU that we're going to talk about. Yeah, we like to talk about the MCU up top, even though it has yeah. zero to do with mutants or the X Men. And yeah, it's fine. You all love it. Yeah. We've gotten good feedback from it, so whatever. We've gotten zero feedback on this part. That's not the, the point. Show, which, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm making. I'm controlling my narrative. Can All right, you help Bron, me. Simmer, simmer the fuck down, Bron. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're so, up uh, here. You need to come down here, buddy. You know what I mean? So personally, I think Ethan Hawke's character knows that Stephen or Mark is crazy. And well, yes, we got that in the second episode. He, but he, I mean, crazy as in like. And let's be careful with that. Let's be careful with that term. Dissociative identity disorder. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think Ethan's character may have found medical files and just mm -hmm. read them and kind of played towards his sickness. Could be. Could be. Because the fact that when Steven summoned the suit and was just thinking of a suit and then a regular suit came on, why wouldn't it be a mystical ancient Egyptian suit? Or does one part of his personality think it was Egyptian gods and one guy just thought of a suit? I think he is the power. I think the power is part of him. That is a very solid point that if he's going to summon the suit, how wouldn't it be the same no matter who's summoning it if it's coming from this god? Very good point. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. I, um, I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Um, I know little to nothing about Moon Knight as a character, which I've read a few runs, so I know a decent. Yeah, I I, ha I don't think I've ever picked up a Moon Knight like book. Like I've read like from the library, like a graphic novel, like the Warren Ellis run. I would say um, if anyone wants to read any good Moon Knight runs for like a quick run, I, the Jeff Lemire run from like two three years ago, yeah, is really good. They I've collected it already was, in like yeah. a one edition, but Jeff Lemire's run on him was good. Jeff Lemire's pretty good. I like Jeff Lemire. Oh yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I'm wondering how much though comes down to like the multiverse, the multiverse. You know what I mean? I saw like, some people have a theory that like each personality is actually from the multiverse because he does have a third personality who's usually a taxi driver. So I'm wondering if we're gonna see that third personality. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know because like otherwise, like what are we doing? Like what 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 was the Where's the payoff for the Loki show? We got the multiverse of madness happening over here. We got spider. Like there's a lot of multiverse shit happening right now. You I think I mean? Kang is the payoff. When we haven't seen hide nor hair of Kang since he's the main villain in the next Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, and allegedly he? he's in this fantastic four coming up. Cause well, sorry. So if you, for those of you who don't fantastic know, fantastic four, wait, I don't know about this. What are you talking about? So, okay. If we're going backwards a little bit, that's the actor who plays that. Kang is credited as Nathaniel Richards in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, interesting. Okay. So people think he'll also be in the Fantastic Four movie, which is going to be directed by the guy who directed all the current Spider-Man movies. I forgot his name. Mark Webb? <clears throat> no, that, that, no was that, was that was the last one. That was the last one. Whatever the guy's name is right now, he's already been announced as the director for Fantastic Four. Okay. Yeah. 
which I was mixed about until I watched uh, No Way Home. And I'm like, all right, good choice. No Way Home was good. No Way Home was pretty good. I liked it. So wait, we're going to, I'm going to, who is the current person who's doing Spider-Man? You know what I love about IMDb the most? That they have so much shit happening in the background that it just just automatically freezes when you open it. Sometimes, yeah. She's like, oh, yes, IMDb. I watched the Amazon Prime show already. Jesus Christ. I know they're so God, it's so bad. John Watts, John Watts. John Watts, there we yeah, go. Yeah. yeah, he has some good stuff and he's done all three Spider-Man movies. So obviously Marvel's happy however they work with him. True. So I'm happy with that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't need everything co- to connect to one main story because after, especially after Endgame, I've noticed like, they're going almost more of the comic book route of like, hey, some stuff's going to play into Secret Invasion, but some stuff's going to play into Multiverse. And eventually yeah. when we do Avengers, it's all going to come together. But until then, we got maybe Dark Avengers happening because Elaine keeps recruiting people yep. who are semi-good guys. Yep. We have stuff with Kang and Loki. We have cosmic stuff with Captain Marvel and Miss mm-hmm. Marvel and Camilla Khan Marvel and all mm-hmm. this stuff like... We have a few of those. We got Marvel horror stuff going now with Moon Knight. Yeah, I think that's going to, I think they're going to build to a Midnight Suns movie. That I would be down for. For those of you who don't know, Midnight Suns is basically the mystical Avengers. It's usually Doctor Strange, Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, Blade, Hannibal King, who hasn't been used in a long time. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't really recall that. That was Ryan Reynolds' character in Blade 3. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, yeah. but in the comics, he's basically Marvel's version of Constantine. Okay. <clears throat> so yeah, characters like that. Right on. So yeah, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. I did find out that Oscar Isaac, the actual actor, he only signed a contract for this one season. Yeah. Yeah. That was that. really interesting. I'm like, could he die in this show? Could this be like a weird kind of like isolated show like one story which would be really that's unique. what i think that's what's leading to a lot of the the theories that this is like in a multiverse you know what i mean um i've also i've also seen somewhere that this is all leading to uh the character layla becoming moon knight like you know what i mean like at the end of this she becomes the moon knight and then that's the moon knight going forward in the mcu and not oscar be interesting yeah i'm also like oscar how much how much how many Egyptian related like comic book characters does Oscar Isaacs need to play <laughs> before he gets before he gets bingo? You know what I mean? Well, he's got I, he's got a lot, he's got apocalypse under got his apocalypse belt. down, yeah. Which he's, I you know, you know, we famously do not hate. I, I I did not yes, I still don't hate it because I'm a fucking sucker for 80s anything <laughs> and then also 80s X-Men, but um yeah, on the second well, when we did our little X-Men rewatch not too long ago, on my uh on my most recent rewatch, I was like, ooh, yeah, no, I don't like this one very much at all. <laughs> but I still I will still say the Dark Phoenix or whatever the fuck that one was called, it's not great. It's not great, but for some reason I still really enjoyed it. Same, yeah. I have a weird enjoyment of it, especially the third act I actually like quite a bit. I liked it all. Liked it um, all. I do think Oscar Isaac's the kind of actor who's always high in demand. He's like, listen, I'll do this Marvel project, but you're getting me for one project and we'll see how this goes. And we'll see how I feel. Well, you Disney, y'all fucked me over with this Star Wars trilogy. So you get <laughs> one time here. 
And I don't blame him because like he is a high in demand actor. He's in like five movies a year. He's a fantastic actor. I mean, he's a famously recurring character in all my fan fiction. So he's busy there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And fantasies. Yeah. And my fan. He's in my dreams every night. So I don't know how he yeah. has time to do anything else. So no, I'm really happy so far where it's going. Some people who got to watch, like they showed a lot of reviewers the first four episodes. And a lot of them said like they liked the first two, didn't love the second two. But also they were told there's certain things that weren't in their reviews because they didn't want people to see them. Like certain things are taken out of the episode. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because they didn't want people to see Then them. why get uh, Marvel? Yeah, I know, I agree. I Disney, agree. whatever, whatever. Yeah. But apparently it was mainly episode four that something was taken out of it that they want to keep a surprise. Yeah. Which they've been the same thing. They did the same thing with Mandalorian, apparently. Like the first season of Mandalorian, they didn't let reviewers watch it at all because they wanted to keep Baby Yoda. Or Grogu. Oh, you had to keep Baby. You if it, it, Baby yeah, Yoda would not be Baby Yoda if anyone knew about Baby Yoda before Baby Yoda revealed. Yeah, I'm just gonna see how many times I can say Baby Yoda. <laughs> Grogu. Um, nope. Refuse no. to listen. I'm all for like calling people by their chosen <laughs> names, their chosen genders. What whatever it is that you identify with and wish to be called, I respect that. Unless you're Baby Yoda, but fictional Yoda. characters, <laughs> then you're Baby Yoda forever. Baby Yoda, even fictional characters. I call Kate. I call Kitty Pride Kate all the time now. I'm always trying. I'm true. always you know, and I've been calling her Kitty Pride since. Well, I mean, I was. I'm not as old as her debut, but you know, pretty much for my entire life. <laughs> for your entire life, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get back to X Men World. All right, fine. Let's do that. Let's do it. So, all right, we're going to get into Immortal X-Men number one. Josh, take us away. All right, so we are kicking off the destiny of X. So before we get too far into this, wow, it's weird having a paper book in front of me now. <laughs> um, before we get too far into this Immortal X review and the destiny of X, I do want to say we are going to we are going to button up the last era of the X-Men with the X-Lives and X-Deaths of Wolverine. We'll get partially the way there here in a few minutes. Um, one of us decided not to finish the series before recording today. And thus, we can't just go ahead and knock it out now. And I'm going to spoiler alert for everybody. I really wish we could just knock it the fuck out now <laughs> so I don't have to think about it again. But nevertheless, here we Listen, are. Listen, I couldn't find a physical copy of issue four of X Lives. I'm not even sure you fucking need it. Anyway. <laughs> That's why you're going to tell me about it today. <laughs> anyway, so Immortal X-Men number one hits the, hit the stands a couple weeks back, kicking off Destiny of X, kicking off Karen Gillan's uh, fucking triumphant return to the X-Men. He's been gone for, God, just over a decade now, right? Like he, yeah. like he was doing the shit, or no, he started a decade. He's not been gone for a decade, but he started in like what, like oh, 11, 12? Oh yeah, the, like the last thing he wrote for Marvel was probably Darth Vader. Well, he's writing Eternals right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know if he's still writing it, but I know he wrote it before. Or yeah. last year. Yeah, I have, yeah, that's true. He might not be writing it. I would imagine he is, because with, this is all building up to the Judgment Day shit, which is Avengers, X Men, yeah. and Eternals. And, oh, and he, fuck, I have to catch up on Avengers now. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not. I'm just going to go fucking head in with no knowledge of what's happening in the Eternals or the Avengers. I'm just coming I'll in. I'll help you out. <laughs> I'm coming in fully as an X Men fan. And then it's up to Karen, Karen Gillian to keep me informed about what's happening elsewhere. 
uh, I, I did start the current run of Avengers because it's by um, Jason Aaron, who's a fantastic writer. And I got about halfway through it. It's good. It's just it wasn't gripping me. So I kind of said, yeah. okay, I'll get it in trades, which I've been doing. I've seen, I've seen some people say like, you know, like they they got in, they picked up the Avengers because it was, you know, they loved his Thor run. And this one is like not that. But, you know, also Thor wasn't a team book and it's hard to do a team book. Yeah, no, there's definitely some writers who can or can't do both. Yeah. Like writing, like for me personally, when I, when I write comic book scripts, I actually prefer team books. I like yeah. the voices bouncing around each other. It makes it easier. But I've met writers who cannot do that. They need yeah. to write that single Batman character that never has Robin in it because mm-hmm. they can only write one character interacting with the like, side characters. But I love books that have people consistently bouncing off. It makes a script more fresh and fun. I like, agree with you. At a script level. I agree with you. You know me. I love the X-Men. I, I love a good team book. Like Spider-Man is probably, you know, like the only other book, it, it, not probably, is the really only other comic book series I've ever like collected hardcore like I do X-Men. But like that's, you know, like, it's not a team book, but like that's a rare exception to my love of, te- you know, yeah. Teen Titans. I love the team. Anyway, um, Kieran Gillian, the writer. We got Lucas Wernock on the arts. We got David Curiel on coloring and then the rest they're not important. Yeah, shots fired. Comic book industry. No, I'm just kidding. They're all important. I just I'm wasted a well, lot. I will say, uh, Gillen is the most important aspect of this because he has such a great, like, bibliography of work. Like, ugh, um, why can't I say the indie book now? Wicked and Divine. Wicked and Divine. Yeah, yeah. Wicked and Divine's fantastic. Yeah, his run, and he did, Darth Vader was fantastic. He did Wicked and Divine after his original X Men run. So like. He really found his footing in Wicked and Divine. And like having done a book about a bunch of sassy gods and then coming back to X-Men who are basically a bunch of sassy gods right now. Yep. Perfect. <clears throat> and his run during X-Men is when I started really reading like weekly or monthly, I should say, when I started reading X-Men a lot. And his run had a lot of sinister stories. I was going to say, yep. So the sinister we know and love today owes everything to kieran gillian he is the one who gave us he gave us sassy sinister sassy sinister went away a little bit after after gillian did but then jonathan hickman being the lover of history that he is brought back sassy sinister so kieran gillian like his return to the x-men is just i'm i was stoked for this book and then the fact that we come in with sassy sinister as our pov character on issue one fucking perfect so quick recap of issue one because we're gonna have to spend a lot of time on the end of issue one so we open up with uh sinister in his lab doing his machinations talking about 25 logs of whatever we don't know yet what these 25 different logs refer to we see he's he's made chimera of a tortoise and a hairless cat Wait, hold up. Are you skipping the first few pages? Oh, am I? Did I skip? Where he talks to Destiny? Oh, shit, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. (coughs) All right, so I'll leave that part in. It's going to be hard to fucking edit that out. So anyway, (laughs) so we open then in Paris 1919. This is actually a very important open. (laughs) Uh, Pre-Sinister, a more Nathan, a Nathaniel Essex, if you will, is sitting on a park bench, you know, very reminiscent of our House of X opening with 
Xavier and Moira. So I immediately thought that was Moira. And I was like, what the fuck? Did she go back in time? What is she doing? Like, Dude, you need to finish the fucking X-Death so we can talk. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I know she's a bad person now. I got that far. He's a bad person, but we need to talk. Anyway, <laughs> so Irene Adler, otherwise known as Destiny, is yeah, the one know who, that <laughs> is is the one who approaches um uh I'm just gonna keep calling him sinister here. I can't yeah, help right. myself. He she approaches sinister on the bench. She's like, I need I need you to know something. We actually know each other. Um I I have some information a very again very reminiscent of the Moira coming and telling Charles this is gonna change everything. Look into my brain. Moira's like, I'm about to change everything. Whispers a sinister secret in his ear. Yes. And then he his eyes go from being white and, and like regular to red. He he like turns into sinister and then chokes and dies as he mumbles to himself, You're a ghost, you're a ghost, you're a ghost, and then he dies. <laughs> and then mystique comes out of nowhere and she's like uh the fuck did you tell him <laughs> and she's like i hope i never have to tell you what i told him and then they walk off into the sunset and then yeah so <clears throat> honestly zero idea zero idea what it is other than she has a premonition of okay so what's happening is he makes a reference to a, a, an opera that was came out in 1919 that has a, a song, a composition in it called Nimrod. And when Nimrod plays, Destiny is in this opera with Sinister. And I think it triggers something in her. And she sees this timeline of events that could obviously lead to where we are now with Nimrod, into the future with Nimrod into the chimera into all this shit that sinister does so best guess right now is that that's kind of what she's whispering to him i don't know if that's enough to melt his brain on exactly like even then he sinister even though he's playing good with the mutants now he never considers himself a mutant strictly and this and this is early this is like before mutant you know this is 1990 you know what i mean but i will also say by the end of this book I don't know what sinister this is. Yes. Or when. Or when this sinister is. Or yeah. what this sinister already knows. Because everything is so fucked up now. And yeah. I love it. Everything is so much more dangerous for every reason. <laughs> and so much more fun now. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> so then we get to the lab I was speaking of earlier with the, the hairless cat version of Cyclops and the tortoise. And sinister looking at his computer logs going on and on about how wonderful he is and how he knows everything no one knows what's happening but i know what's happening and i gotta play cool because i can't let these doofuses on the quiet council know that i know what's going on so the whole time this is happening and being written i'm like so it's gonna happen that he doesn't see coming and he's gonna look like a fucking idiot because that's sinister yeah and so like as he's as the so the first thing that happens that sinister knows is going to happen is magneto steps down from the quiet council i guess we all kind of know that was happening because you know x-men red he's going to be in that so like 
and also he's had just like a hard on for Mars since day one. So like, of course he's yes. going to go there. I think he sees more of a future there. Yeah. He's like, Kinda like a guy who made like three different islands and asteroids all about mutants living there by themselves. Yeah. Kind of likes the idea of a planet that run by mutants. Yeah. You know, a, 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 his experience on earth has not been a positive one. No. Put it lightly. No. So uh, anyway. So at this meeting, when he's stepping down, everyone is shocked and Sinister's like, oh, I got to I got to remember to act surprised. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. what? And he's like, oh, shit, was that too much? Maybe was that was too much. much. <laughs> I got to dial that back. Um, and so he steps aside. And so then obviously they're like, we need to find a replacement. We're going to come back to these Sinister Secrets. And yeah, so, we have to go over them one by one and, and talk about shall. what we think. And we shall. Yes. Do, not, do not fret, my dear friend. We shall. <laughs> And so with uh, Magneto gone, we have a bunch of people petitioning to be the on the Quiet Council. We got Warren Worthington III, a.k.a. Angel, a.k.a. sometimes Archangel, saying, listen, you got to pick me. Everyone loves an angel. Then we got uh, Penance slash Monet St. Croix saying, uh, I-, I only want to be on it if you're going to pick me over Warren. I just I just like to I just like to rub his face <laughs> and shit. And then we got uh, fucking Gorgon being like, me. Which, this version of Gorgon isn't the previous Gorgon, right? Right? No, he's like more of like a... He's not quite all there, right? Like, yeah. Isn't, yeah, so not really sure what happened there. We got Vulcan coming in being like, bitch, I ran a space empire. Like, he literally says, this would be a step down. Oh, no, he's like, I'm overqualified. I'm overqualified. <laughs> yeah. He was king of, like, a galaxy. So. Exactly. That's what he said. Let, let, he's like, let's be honest. I ruled an actual space empire. I'm yeah. overqualified. <laughs> we got uh, Abigail Brand making her pitch. Like, uh, Fuck wow. you. Yeah, she's, like, trying to be a mole. We got Beast who is like, listen, Magneto's gone. You need another ruthless motherfucker. Let me be that ruthless motherfucker. Yeah, and if we can jump to the conversation between Kitty and Nightcrawler about Kate. those Kates <laughs> and Nightcrawler about these two, about Abigail and yeah. Beast, yeah, I'm happy it. other people are noticing. <laughs> yeah, it's only taken about uh, 15 fucking years. When did yes. when did Grant Morrison decide Beast was going to be a total piece of shit? Because that's basically when this happened. <laughs> Yes, but didn't Abigail and Beast are dating during Whedon's run? Yes, I think so. Yeah. But like Beast has been on a slow climb toward. Oh yeah, yeah. Since or slow descent, I should say. Early two thousands, basically. Yeah, since yeah, since Grant Morrison took over, I would say. But yeah, Kate and and Nightcrawler are like, I can't tell the difference between abigail yeah. and beast anymore they're like they're the same piece of shit <laughs> i'm waiting for the penny to drop where it's like dark beast and beast are actually the same person like no i know i keep thinking there had to have been somewhere along this world where either a this is dark beast still playing cool like that he's real beast yeah or somehow they merged was like was beast dead at some point and like they resurrected him and brought back dark beast and real beast i don't know so it's possible but here's the thing and we haven't we will get to eventually on this channel but we have not talked too much about age of apocalypse and from what i remember age of apocalypse those characters were the same people but just had different experiences it was more of like the the nature versus nurture kind of thing. Like if oh, these two point. characters went through this situation, they'd end up on this side. Apocalypse is a good point. That's a good point. This could be just our 
our realities, if you will. Is this our reality? I don't know. Our realities version (laughs) of uh, the becoming of Dark Beast. Because Dark Beast ended up did... Dark Beast did come into the 616 from Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. So there were two beasts at one point. But I think I think I like your theory a lot better that this is the dawning of this version of Dark Beast. Because imagine everything Sinister is saying, but in Beast's tone, he can be just as arrogant and cocky as everyone else. He just Jesus hides Christ. it slightly better. He and not anymore. Like he yeah, doesn't honestly, hide yeah. it anymore. Everyone, like he's losing friends left and right, and he couldn't care less. Yeah. Like when Nightcrawler and Kate don't trust you anymore, you probably have no one trusting you now. If Nightcrawler doesn't have faith in you anymore, Kate exactly. Kate has been around the block a few times. She's always like, uh, uh, "I'll give you the benefit of the doubt," but in the back of my head, I'm I'm figuring out you know ways that I can protect myself from your inevitable fucking betrayal. Because again, I'm a trained ninja raised by Wolverine, so I trust no one. (laughs) I would love an issue of maybe this just the original five X-Men having like a meeting and talking with Beast of like, could you imagine you've changed like a fucking intervention episode? <laughs> Essentially, yeah. That would be so good. Imagine just the original five. The OG five, yeah. not Charles though, just no. the team. Because Charles would... is not the person to get a moral high ground on fucking anyone. No. I mean, but frankly, very the few of those, very few of the OG five are at this point, but True. But that's but like said. they still know, like, hey, we knew you as the guy we trusted. Yeah. You were the moral compass back in the day. What the fuck are you doing now? What are you like, doing, man? Like, who are you now? Yeah, like look at the shit you're willing to do for so-called greater good. Like yeah. it's fucked and getting worse. You're like Henry Kissinger to Krakoa now, man. What are you doing? And we'll get to it in in uh Death of Wolverine, uh, X X Depths, whatever. He's now like the only, not only smart person, but one of the last reliable smart people. Not Forge doesn't have his fucking powers anymore. Where, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure what really is going on with it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if that gun was deactivated altogether. Okay, and like you know what I mean. Like anyway, we'll get there. Um, so after these people make their pitch, oh my God, we are still only five pages into this book. After these people <laughs> make their pitch to be on the quiet council, Exodus is like, I have a better idea. I'll be back. And he goes to the Arbor and he is like, hope baby, you know, I'm a religious zealot. You are literally the Messiah. I worship the ground you walk on because, again, I don't know if I've mentioned this, I'm a fucking religious zealot. Um, (laughs) And I want you to be on the quiet council because I view you as the messiah for all mutant kind. And she's like, all right, simmer the fuck down. And he basically is like, Jesus was a mutant and you're even more powerful than Jesus was. Yeah, I like how he just threw that in. <laughs> yeah. And I and I and I like I like that he's the one who says it because it doesn't necessarily make Jesus being a mutant canon. It's no, just it's... his religious zealousy. So like he's a fanatical like mutant supremacist religious person. So of course yeah. he's going to think Jesus was a mutant because all Gosh. good things must be mutants. And so she's basically like uh, let me think about it, but really, she's like, ah, I, I, I gotta do this. The fucking quiet council is out of control because the five for a while now have been like, 
what the fuck is going on over there? You don't want us to bring back quote unquote clones. You're yeah. having us bring back people in secret. Mystique came in here and tricked us and made us bring back destiny, which they don't actually know, but still. And it makes sense that someone's like, especially of all characters hope is just like, all right, you know what? We're getting kind of fucking tired of this shit. We're pretty important to your whole system. Yeah. Yeah, she and she's the she's the one that makes it all go. You know what I mean? Cuz she like amplifies everyone's powers and you know what I mean? Like without her there it ain't happening. You need all members of the five, yeah. Yeah. And so unless you're legion. We we cut to Celine making her pitch that she should be on the council because magic that's basically her argument. You lost apocalypse. You know it's not the worst argument. I didn't say it was. Yeah. I'm just, I, I think it's the right argument. I think yeah. she's the one who needs to be on the council legitimately. An evil magic person who could think like your enemies. Yeah. Yeah. I think as much as it pains me to say this because Selene is truly a horrendous person. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Selene should be on this council over hope. I do love when she was like, Oh, they can bring back people over time. I brought back all Genosha in like a matter of hours, and like they were all zombies. Case, case like they were zombies. Ah, zombies. Ah, ah zombie mombies. Who fucking like, cares? That's not the point right now. Like, were they moving? <laughs> were they upright? Ah, that's what. That's what I consider being back. <laughs> and so, it's at this point that Hope walks in and says, "I got a better idea. What if I'm on the Quiet Council?" And Celine's like, I don't like it. And she basically, Celine's like, I'm going to threaten you all. Like, basically, Hope says, if you don't pick me, shit's going to go sideways. Yeah. I'm the most popular mutant on this island. I'm pretty much the first person every resurrected mutant sees. The five are the, we're the fucking Beatles. We yeah. can't go anywhere without people just worshiping the ground we walk on. It would be a real shame if people said, found out that the quiet council refused a seat to one of us. And then she walks out and then Celine's like, you know what? I can make threats too. that external gate that opens up to the other world and all these dimensions and shit. I can bring that shit back. Apocalypse is gone, but I can bring it back. Yeah. So I need to be on this council. So they got two threats. They need to worry about here. <laughs> she walks out. And so but Sinister does assume oh, Sinister God. knows what's happening, right? Sinister, <laughs> it, it, he's ahead of the game. He knows what needs to happen. He knows Hope is the one that's got to be on the council. Selene is bluff. He tells everyone that like, Selene's bluffing. Don't worry about that. And But in his mind, he's like, I need Hope on this council. Hope being on this council is going to bring about the, I think he calls them the disasters that he needs or something like that. Like, But he even says before that, that Oh, don't let them see how smart you are. Don't let them see all the clever, how clever you are. Yeah, in the yeah. Situation. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, great. That's yeah, what yeah. I knew. Like something bad's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. So like he's like, all right. So I gotta play it cool. I can't make him think that I really want hope on the on the council because if they think I want hope on the council, then they won't put hope on the council. So they take a vote for hope, and he's calling them one by one. I'm gonna go through it because it's just funny. And so they call for a vote. And he calls it perfectly. Xavier, nope. Xavier says no. Emma, yes. Emma says yes. For Colossus, he says, yet. <laughs> Colossus says no. I like how like, Sinister is the one who says yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. When I say he says, I'm saying I'm mean Sinister. Which is hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, because he because he's making fun of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so 
Raven says yes. Sinister knew she would say yes. Come cuts to uh sin- cuts to Sinister. He says no. Then it cuts to Destiny. Sinister says she's a yes. Irene says no. Cut to <laughs> and I kind of feel like directly looks at Sinister. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> and so cuts to Sinister shock facing crap in his brain. By the way, yeah. in his brain says, and then the rest go kind of how he assumes. And then he's sitting there saying, crap, crap, crap. Does she know? <laughs> oh, crap. Does she, does she know that I know? Oh, crap. Oh, crap. And so then he's like, to wait, time out. Xavier's like, yes. He's like, uh, I've had a change of heart. I want to change my vote. Uh, I think she should be on. I'm a definitive yes. And so then the rest, you know, then the motion carries. And he storms the fuck out of there because he's like, uh, uh, does Irene know what I'm doing? I got to get the fuck out of here. And so he rushes back to his lab, I think. Oh no, my closer. Hmm? Oh yeah. Mike. So so he's like, I gotta get out of here. Irene knows what I'm doing. He he jets off. <clears throat> then we cut to uh, Xavier delivering the bad news to Celine, saying the council had a vote, and um, we're not gonna go with you. We're gonna go a different route. And so she's like, Ah, well, I got bad news for you. I wasn't actually bluffing and some big cicada kaiju monster rips up yeah. from, the, from the fucking uh, external gate and all the X-Men are like, uh, dude, what? And so Nightcrawler immediately is like, so sinister. She was bluffing, right? <laughs> sinister is like, she was. I mean, I thought she was. <laughs> and so he's like, uh, this is when sinister is clearly like, what is going on? Nothing is going according to how I thought this should go. I know what's supposed to be happening. So he rushes back over to his lab. He talks about how I know everything. Mutants are just tools. They're just parts of like, they're not even people. I just use them for their resources. Everyone in his eyes. I I have. Yeah. And then I I love that. They point out Lee. I, I don't need, I'm not even right. I, I made a clone of myself and cut out the racist part of me because how does he phrase it? He's basically like everyone's beneath him. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's matter about race. Him. I don't care what color your skin is. What if you're mutant human, you're beneath sinister, which it's right on brand. And so he rushes back. He talks about he has a gun. Oh, my God. He has a gun <laughs> that only shoots out Scott Summers eyeballs Yeah, because he's fun. funny. <laughs> and they're not eyeballs that shoot lasers out they're no. literally just the clones of his his eyes which is so fucked up because the only way cyclops could ever see the color of his eyes is if sinister <laughs> shot his cloned eyes at him with this weird gun <laughs> but he's the only character in all of marvel that would have that of course he just does, to fuck he, with one person specifically just to fuck with one human being that he's been <laughs> fucking with since the beginning yeah and so he's like he's sitting there he's in his lab he's like what is happening i gotta figure i got all i got 25 logs and none of them say it's supposed to be like this and he's going on about how like you know i i've i know how to fucking tell the future now because there's this secret i have the most sinister of secrets is he knows all this because he's made clones of Moira fucking Metagrit and s- lets them live out their lives in their timelines and then kills them and somehow has that download information about that timeline back to him. 
so that yeah, he I was knows. a little confused about this. I so I don't know how he gets the info back. So this is the thing. The way I took this ending. Oh wait, I think I might figure. I think I might know. But go ahead. Yeah. The way I took this ending was that he has these Moiras in case he wants to start everything over now. No, I think he's been starting everything over. So you think he's already seen other realities through yes. the minds of these Moiras? So what I think is happening is he's he's cloning he's cloned 25 Moiras. Yes. Because he has 25 lugs. And what happens is because when Moira he activates their X gene immediately, which is not so, so basically at any point Moira dies, the timeline resets. So yes. even if she, even if Moira dies before puberty, it doesn't matter because he's already activated the X gene. So what happens in for Moira's mutant power is when she dies, the timeline resets, but she remembers everything that happened. Yes. And so each one of these new clones is going to remember what happened. And then he just like somehow purges that information out of their brain is what I'm thinking happens. But the, each Moira is not living a new life, though. There's in a tube. So, yeah, I don't necessarily know how he's getting the information back from the Moiras, but what I 100% believe is happening right now is he's cloning Moiras, sending them. I don't, he might even be sending them in time. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, because time travel is easy these days, apparently. Um, I mean, the Marvel Universe, yeah, it's pretty easy. So, what I'm debating now is. Does when did Sinister start doing this? Did Sinister only find out about Moira's powers when Emma told the Quiet Council, and that's when he started doing this? Or remember in how in Hoxpox when Magneto and Xavier went to um, Sinister and said, "We need all of the DNA you've collected from mutants, and in return." We're going to give you more DNA to play with. Did they tell him why then? And if that's the case, mm -hmm. he's been doing this for a long time. My I immediately, I thought it was when they found out the truth. But what you're saying also makes sense. He just he wouldn't unless he already previously knew about about Moira. He would have no reason to play with her DNA. Exactly. So, like, didn't know who's a mutant. But he's done this twenty-five times now. Yes. So, how long has the Quiet Council known about Moira that he's done this twenty-five times? Also, we also going back to Hawks Pox before we always had those sinister secrets. How did yes. he know all these sinister secrets? Wow, that's actually true. Because the the first because we'll get to it, but the first batch of sinister secrets. Felt like more like recap if you haven't been reading mm -hmm. all the books, mm -hmm. except like the last one. Like now we know that he knows that Brand is working with Orcus. Yeah. So I didn't. We didn't know that he knew that. But, but really, a lot of the sinister secrets back in the day were yeah. premonitions of things that were going to happen. How would you know you're that? actually right? Because now you know I mean? let's. If you want, to cut to the Red Diamond sinister secrets. The immortal sinister secrets. Yes. Um, there's quite a few things that I have theories about. So do you want right. to rattle Let, them off? You want to go by because I do not wish to talk very long about X lives and X deaths. Do you want to go through these one on one, one by yeah. one? All right, you start. Oh, okay. Um, scandal. 
Which certain young lady is keeping private company with Mr. Sinister? Moira. Yeah, it's Moira. <laughs> Next. Does the fiery newcomer think that quiet counsel means one must use silencers on all your automatic weapons? Hope. Yeah. Because hope was raised by cable. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, writer's block is a terrible thing. Rejoice. The muse is going to strike someone who hasn't written a major work for over 100 years. Destiny. You remember Destiny's Diaries? You remember Moyer had all of uh, Destiny's Diaries? I'm, I 100% think that's, that's Destiny. And, her, and like okay. e- either she gets the diaries back or she starts writing new diaries predicting Nimrod and all these things that are about to happen. Hmm. Okay. All right, I'm the next one, right? The yes. dress code this year at the gala is huge diplomatic egg on your face. The queen is most miffed, but at least she gets to get her revenge on a certain council member. Emma. Yeah, so Emma's going to do something, or something's going to happen to Emma that won't make her happy, but she'll get revenge probably on Magneto or Xavier. Since, she, since he says council member, I'm going to guess Xavier because Magneto's off the council now. Oh, okay, yeah. And so this year's... Um, Hellfire Gala is a one-shot, I think. Mm-hmm. So. so that'd be interesting. Now I'm even more excited for the gala. All right. It's Judgment Day. Let's hope we're not being judged for our spelling choices. It's Judgment, you ruffians. So this one obviously is the Judgment Day crossover event that's about to happen with the Avengers and um, the Externals. And the spelling Eternals. thing is... huh? Eternals. Eternals, sorry. I'm just, Celine, I got Celine on the brain. Um, in the Judgment Day spelling is literally the American version of spelling versus the British version of spelling judgment. <laughs> okay, is is an island nation going to be destroyed? Maybe, but don't worry, it's not ours. So Krakoa okay. lives. Yes. Who doesn't? Latveria. If we go back to Doom stuff, is Latveria an island? Kind of. I was thinking Madripoor. Oh, okay. Because there's a lot of shit happening on Madripoor. Yeah, Madripoor, it could be a thing. So that's crazy. And especially because now that the Marauders have gotten rid of the baby Hellfire Club, it's basically becoming more and more of like a mutant mecca and mutant run island. You know what I mean? Also, they still have the Moira Matagret Memorial Hospital. There. Yeah, awkward. She's fucking crazy. All right. Uh, it's number seven. Which blue mutant is going to see red? Can we you think a- of anyone other than Beast off top of your head? Well, we've got Mystique. She's blue. Okay. Yeah. And Nightcrawler. Okay. Yeah. And Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Which one of them could see red? I mean, honestly, a bad, terrible thing could happen to any of them. I know. I mean, so it could if it's Mystique, I'm thinking she sees red because something happens to Destiny again. Um, and this is called the Destiny of X, so makes me think of that. Mm. It could be Beast. I don't I don't know what happens to Beast to make him see red. He's already unless it's a vague a veiled reference to maybe beast defects to russia <laughs> like since, <laughs> you know what i mean since they got that russia shit happening nightcrawler's doing shit with legion and in like starting his own religion maybe there's that i don't know 
Yeah, all the blue people are uh, putting themselves in situations already. A lot of there are a lot of blue people on the X Men. <laughs> uh, acting like being immortal is a new thing is very gauche. Some of <laughs> us have been rocking the look for a while, and trust me, we have had all manner of adventure. As obviously he's talking about himself, himself, but also I feel like this was a tease that someone else is maybe older than we think. Well, Destiny, I don't think I realized Destiny was that old. I knew Destiny was old. I knew Mystique and Destiny were both very old. Yeah, I don't think I realized they were like 1919 old, but yeah, no, I I knew that, but I feel like maybe he's referencing another character that we don't know about has been really old this whole time. That would be cool. That'd be cool. Uh, where are we? Look on the bright side. The council chamber being white means it's easy to see where you have to mop up the bloodstains. So someone's gonna get murdered in the chamber. So first thought, Sabretooth comes back. Because he's buried awesome. right underneath the, the That's true. Quiet Council. Or maybe it's like a metaphor, like like a kind of like a sins, like you're seeing someone's sins are gonna come out. Or maybe it's like Oscar's so white. Maybe just like we don't have any representation on this council. <laughs> <laughs> uh finally, someone who actually deserves to get thrown in the pit. Good riddance. Now, this is scary Ooh. because someone he feels right. deserves to get thrown in the pit. So we know he's afraid of Exodus from this book. Yes. Um, he doesn't care for Emma. There's a lot I, of people that you could see annoying him particularly that are now thrown in the pit. That's like kind of scary. I, I don't know. I don't know which uh, one that is. Eleven. Oh no. <laughs> I think that one that one, honestly, I think that sinister secret is him realizing uh why isn't everything going according to plan? Destiny just yeah, something gets fucked up that he's not yeah, ready. Like for. that one is very much like a relating back to his oh crap, oh crap, oh crap moment. Yeah. Help, just help me. It stretches on endless and cold. Infinity balloons and a scream is too big for my head. This is hell of my own making. Hell is other people. Hell is also me. Um, <laughs> uh, Sinister is going insane. Or we're now in the heads of one of the Moira clones. Wait, is it? I know this is already stretched. I'm just thinking the spitballing. Is he in the pit going crazy? Oh, shit. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And then number 13, 13 plus says everything is fine. Dude, he might be in the pit. He might be in the pit. And I'm thinking about this. This the last three might be him in the pit. Yeah. The last four. Yeah. Or one of his clones. Yeah. Good riddance. <laughs> right? Oh fuck. Yeah. All right. That's immortal wow. X-Men number one. I love uh, it. Five, five X's. Five X's. This is as much as I like uh Gary D- Dugan, um, I feel like Gillen is more of an appropriate choice to continued this interesting story of x-men this is such like a inferno happened jonathan hickman stuff let's pick up where like this is very much in the spirit of this is what jonathan hickman was leading to yeah kieran gillen is a perfect one to pick that up 100%. jerry duggan i want him to stay on x-men he's doing great work there oh yeah for sure he's like he did great work on marauders when he did great work on Marauders that he didn't always, but 
I'm loving his X-Men run, but there is no one better to handle the, let's just call it what it is, the Pantheon of the Quiet Council than somebody who handled the Pantheon, which is Wicked and Divine. Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely got Wicked and Divine vibes from this story. Love it. And from what I understand, each issue is going to be a different POV. So I think the next one is going to be somebody else. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, dear listener. So we got... We got the good book out of the way. And I do mean, <laughs> and I do mean like the Bible, because I think Immortal X-Men is going to be the new Bible of the X-Men series. That's fair. Um, so now let's turn our attention back to one Logan slash Wolverine slash many different names, because we're going to look at the X lives of Wolverine. He's gone by many different names. So we're going to start here with X lives of Wolverine. Number four, Benjamin Percy back on the ones and twos. Uh, Joshua Kassara on art. And uh, so issue number four opens with years ago, which props to props to Benjamin Percy on this, because like, I, I think every time he says years ago or like a long time ago or many, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's a subtle, like, this is all ridiculous. Logan's life yeah. is incredibly ridiculous. And I love yeah. it. I'm not going to specify what year because that's 100%. It's writing yourself into a corner later down the line. So I I, mad props to to Percy for doing that. So we open in the Weapon X facility when uh, Logan is being experimented on and getting the animantium and the doctor is doing all kinds of weird shit. And at some point, the doctor gets possessed by Omega Red because that's what's been happening. And so Omega Red is like, ha ha, now I'm here when you're helpless. So I'm going to torture you and make sure you don't get your animantium and you're just going to die here on this here table. And so he starts messing with them. But before then, the doctor finds a little virus inside of Logan and it looks a lot like a symbiote. Turns out it is a symbiote. I don't know if this, I don't know when this Wait, can happen. Wait, what? are you, are you on X lives four? Oh no, I'm, I don't have the issue. I'm, I'm only hearing this. Oh shit. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, oh shit, I'm sorry. I, I'm exp- I have to explain this to you. Shit, shit, shit. Yes, okay. Let's go full into it. All right. So, so yeah, he's in the Weapon X facility, right? He's, the doctor is doing all these experiments on him. Beforehand, he's looking at this microscope and he's a closer examination of your blood has revealed some sort of contagion or parasite. And it looks like a symbiote, it looks like a little venom. Yeah. Um, so, at it's at this point that Omega red then possesses the doctor and Omega Red's like, haha, now I can torture you. Cause you're just stuck on this table. Nobody can come save you. Blah, blah, blah. You're, you're fucked now. And so as he's torturing him, wait, does it cut to that immediately or not? All right. I, I'm just going to bounce back and forth. Cause this is the X live. So they're like, they're okay. cut a bunch. So as he's torturing Logan, that little parasite slash symbiote takes over and like takes over his body and he burst out of the fucking container looking like a weird venom fucking thing q toy yeah yeah and so there's a little there's a, a an editorial note so he's he's basically like this this parasite when I was in a lot of my memory is like a dirty chalkboard 
layers and layers of dust, big eraser swipes, half-seen scribbles. I don't remember this moment. This is when he's a symbiote attacking. I don't remember this moment, but somehow I know Vietnam is caked into it. Oh, yes. And it okay. says, and it says, see web of venom. Vietnam, Venom, Venom Nama, or whatever. The yeah. Fuck okay. Yeah. yeah. This actually did happen. So I didn't know this, dear listener, because one, not the biggest fan of Wolverine. Two, not keeping up with anything in the Marvel Universe that isn't uh, Daredevil, Spider Man, or X Men. So let me give you a little backstory that I vaguely remember. During the recent Donny Cates Venom storyline, there was a one off about. This guy who basically had Eddie Brock symbiont before Eddie had it and before it was sent back into space, you find out it's been here for a while. Shit happened. But this guy went on a mission during Vietnam to save some people and bumped into the Weapon X group. And then Wolverine and this military guy who was also part Venom saved everyone and won the issue. But I don't remember him getting a piece of it inside his body or why would it stay dormant in his body for that long until it's attacked? I have no idea, but that is, there is a connection that maybe I can go back to that issue and look at it and see what I missed. So a a venom version of Wolverine hunts down this doctor trying to kill him. Who the doctor is still possessed by Omega red, but Omega red quickly jumps out of that body. He's like, what the actual fuck is happening? And (laughs) And he takes off. And then Logan regains because Logan is so powerful and has a he- healing factor and just the willpower of seven men. Um, he fights back against the symbiote and takes control of his body and does does the thing Wolverine does best, which is run away from his problems. Um, but does that imply he didn't get the antimantium? Uh, so what happens is after <laughs> there's a. a a scene, not even a scene. There's a data page that's a psychic conversation in this book in which Xavier has this long-winded conversation with Jean Grey. And I don't know which one of them is more. My dog just looked up, by the way. My dog, who's named Jean Grey, just looked up. At <laughs> um, I don't know which one of them is more long-winded in this conversation, honestly. Yeah. But basically, the, uh, the premise is um, every time Wolverine does something, we're fucking everything up because like the butterfly effect like yeah any little change could change anything and so basically xavier's like how about you just wipe everybody's brain after wolverine leaves and they don't remember anything that happened so that it was it would never like this that part never happened it's just a real blurry moment and then they just go back to whatever was supposed to happen i don't think that's how it works no, it shouldn't be. That seems like because also then you're saying her mental powers can go through time to erase people through time. Yeah, it's a can of worms. And also, and I don't know which issue it was, but reading the X deaths, there's a few data pages. I'm like, you could just put that in picture form, like yeah. a comic book would. Yeah. You know, yes, there are many times. And and again, I don't blame Percy for this, I blame Hickman for this. It's like forcing the idea of every issue has to have a data page. Yes, that could have been a goddamn drawing. Yeah. And so one of the other X lives that's happening is um, the attack on Pearl Harbor. One of the Japanese pilots gets taken over by Omega Red because he's going to divert and fly directly into the ship that 
Charles Xavier's father is on to kill Charles Xavier that way. But fear not, dear citizen, because Wolverine was in the Canadian army during this. And so he hijacked what appears to be a, a Dutch plane because it's got the flag of the Netherlands on it. But with um, a, with a Canadian force be there during Pearl Harbor, we weren't in the war. No, yet. so this is the thing. He has to fly the plane oh, all okay, the way okay, okay. from wherever he was to fucking Hawaii. Sure. To intersect this goddamn plane so it doesn't fucking crash. And the and the change here that could have happened is that pilot that Omega Red took over is supposed to fail in his mission of killing himself for honor in this. Okay. You know, and when he does that, he's the guy who goes on to become the shamed. I can't remember his name right now. It's in this book, but I don't honestly feel like looking. He becomes the shamed p- person who creates Lady Deathstrike. Oh, okay. So that, well, I think what, it's also her father. However, he, yeah. he, he, but because he doesn't die here, he he's it, he has to avenge himself in another way, and he creates Lady Deathstrike. Yeah. Then we cut back to Columbia. Remember when Omega decided, I'm going to cut to the chase, and I'm going to infect Wolverine instead. But before Omega Red Wolverine can attack Charles Xavier, Sabretooth jumps into action and starts fighting Wolverine saying, what the fuck is wrong with you? You just abandoned everybody. Why are you talking like this? Where are these weird tentacle things coming out of your arm? So that whole shit in the last issue where he's like, I'm not requesting an extraction professor. Still don't know who the professor was, but you were right. It was definitely a, a red herring. It wasn't yeah. Professor X. Um, so he's fighting on all these. So the moral of the story is Wolverine is currently fighting in 1945 Many years ago in Vietnam, whenever this shit is in Colombia, he's everywhere all at once. See, and this whole thing is very good in concept, but very easy to fuck up, which I feel like we're getting to now. Oh boy, are we getting to it. And so Wolverine is stretched beyond his limits. Uh, Jean Grey is being stretched behind beyond hers. And at some point, <coughs> excuse me, at some point, Sabretooth kills the Wolverine that is in, possessed by um, Sabretooth. Quite literally, rips his heart out and eats it. Sure, like you do. And well, honestly, when you're Sabretooth, yes, yeah, like you do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, like, I want. I wish there was a data page of the number of times Sabretooth has ripped out Wolverine's heart and ate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so. It's at this point back at the cradle that Gene loses contact with Wolverine. Charles Xavier starts freaking out. He's like, I can't feel. Wait, wait, there's something there. I sense something. And lo and behold, it's greetings from Russia. Wolverine, it, it has now been possessed by Mikhail Rasputin all what? the way from Russia and pops his claws and attacks uh charles xavier oh in real time in, in real day. time in in our in our time huh and, and oh, that's oh. how sure issue four ends sure why not and that's all i can say because then i'm going to ruin issue five all right um uh, okay. i gave it two x's the story is still like the 
the concept is still intriguing, but the execution is becoming tiresome. <laughs> not very good. Yeah, I can and, see that. And all I can say is X deaths is a marginally better when it comes to execution, but maybe not when it comes to plot. So it's all over the place. So with, I feel like so far where we are, the story, like if they gave more rules to this concept, it would have been cleaner. Like if they said there are four timelines that he's going to attack. We have to figure out which ones because he can only attack four. And then when we find out those four, you can stick with that for the next few issues, resolving those issues. That would be great. I, and I think a lot of the problem too is I don't think anyone, including Benjamin Percy, truly understands the ill-defined powers of Mikhail Rasputin. He's he's a reality warper, basically. Just like Yes. But like we don't really know to what extent but how is he able how is he able to do this with the cerebro sword yeah you know what i mean like none of this is really making sense and like you've read how, everything and you still don't understand it <laughs> i've read the entirety of both of these series and you still and i, and I <laughs> that's only not good <laughs> and i only understand a little bit of x deaths yeah and i will say the ending of x deaths is worth it because it sets up i think something that if doesn't pay off in destiny of x will pay off hopefully eventually okay so let's get to x deaths number three that i read um we have laura wolverine talking with her other name's scout right scout yeah yeah talking with scout and scout saying hey can there be two wolverines can we both be wolverine i mean there's already two so there's be three you know that'd be cool doing her kid thing and then xavier pops out of nowhere ah hey you i'm a ghost I need your help. <laughs> I will say um, Frederico Vincinetti, I believe maybe is how it's pronounced, is the artist. Mm -hmm. I both like and, and dislike his artwork here. Like, I think it's very cartoony, it but works, I think yeah. it's cool. I think it's I think the art is really nice, but it's almost sometimes too cartoony for the story. I can see that with certain certain characters, it looks great. Like these one shot panels with uh, with different Wolverines are really mm -hmm. good. But then like some stuff with Moira, her face seems too droopy, yeah, and too like long, and like I, it works for certain things, not everything. Exactly. Yeah. So we have Xavier telling like, "Hey, we have this guy who looks like Wolverine. So who better else to hunt him down than the real Wolverine? Can you please do this?" Cut back to um, the guy. We saw him in the first issue of X Defs promoting Let's call him Steve Jobs. Hold on. What's yeah, he's he's basically Steve Jobs, but he was promoting new technology in like the iPod store where Moira was hiding out. His name is Arnab Shaklander, maybe. Shaklander. Yeah, Steve Jobs. Yeah, we'll stick um, with Steve Jobs because I'm sure I'm butchering that name. So then we have Ramirez from the X Desk. And the CIA saying, hey, we need to get you out of this building. He's like, why? I'm, I'm debuting all this new shit. It's going to be great. He's like, well, there's a threat we're worried about. So you need to leave. And he's like, well, I'm not doing that. In the meantime, we have future Phalanx Wolverine just ramming his car through people. And now, if I remember correctly, he's doing this because he thinks Moira's going to be there. Not because he particularly wants to kill this guy. No, he, yes, he, he thinks, cause he tapped into the internet 
And he saw that Moira's last search on Google was this guy. Yeah. So he's like, oh, well, that's where she's going to be. So he goes there and he just kind of runs through everyone like security. He doesn't seem to care who he's killing like or maiming like he's just going through everybody. And then we find out about Moira's real plan which she knew basically his security detail would take him to a safe house. And she waited there yeah, kind of Moira, letting her enemies do the hard work for her. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Moira basically tipped off the CIA that Wolverine or she would be there. She made Wolverine think she would be there so that they would fight each other and get distracted. And then she could intercept Steve jobs. Yeah. So eventually Moira finds him and says, Hey, listen, I know about future shit. And if <laughs> these people are trying to kill us, it's that because... Might, uh, that honestly might need to be the title of this episode between Mr. Sinister and this, I know about future shit. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, he's like, basically, the fact they're trying to kill us makes me think we do something great. So I'm going to give you all the details you need. And essentially, just this is, I guess, the beginning of Moira's heel turn. Like, oh, actually, I don't oh, know if oh, this is the beginning, not remember, the beginning, but it's the escalation. Remember in, in Inferno, her grand plan was to, quote, cure the mutants because they can never win anyway. So why don't we just genocide them out of existence? That was coming up. So we cut back to the arena where Steve Jobs was going to talk and all the different family of wolverine we'll call it i will um, say real quick i but, wish i hope this artist gets a, another chance to draw laura because i really like his drawings of laura actually you're right her stuff and dakin really stand out like for sure style. yeah yeah uh so they have the whole wolverine family fighting this wolverine they all realize this isn't a fake he smells acts and talks like they're wolverine and he basically tells them like in my future i know how all of you die i'm trying to help us I have to do this. These motherfuckers have to die, basically. And now we've just reached peak Terminator, essentially. Dude. Yeah. So, much so we cut back to Moira and Jobs talking. He gives her a new arm and he's impressed by how smart she is and the way they're using technology and all of these plans. And more and more, Moira is just looking more insane. And talking about playing God and like, I don't remember if it's this issue, or the next one where she talks about how like they treated her after she gave them everything. I think it might be this one. I'm, I'm I don't remember now either, but yeah. So we also she's then pissed cut, at the mutants. Yeah. She's very pissed. She feels they, they took everything from her that she gave to them in the first place, which just like abruptly turning heel. Sorry for any re- listeners who don't, know anything about wrestling the bad guy in wrestling is called a heel so if we say heel that's what we mean but very abruptly turning into a full-on bad guy yeah and it really for a character like moira who is so like she's lived what 10 lives yeah some of which have gone thousands and thousands of years into the future for her to just so quickly like give in to emotion and not be like, okay, this didn't go quite like I planned, but I'm going to come up with another plan. You know what I mean? Like she just like yeah. is so reactionary. 
well, there's it, this line here where she's talking about the real risk is letting mutant kind go unchecked. They've already mastered resurrection. People certainly think of them as gods, but they're devils. Like, whoa, where is this coming from? Like, why are they now the devil because they kicked you out of paradise? Like, I, she still believes they're the ones who gave her cancer, which I don't know if that's really, we don't know if that's true. We don't know, but she thinks because there's plant stuff on them. Yeah. But like it, it would if it was anyone, it would have been Mystique or someone like that. It would have been the people that helped you escape. That's the, the other place. thing. Like she's mad at all of mutants, but it's quite literally Destiny, Mystique, and Emma who are responsible for everything that's happening to her. Right the now. people you already knew to watch out for. <laughs> and then we cut to the future that this Wolverine, this uh, Phalanx Wolverine, is from, where it looks like a Phalanx infused Moira just waited to gloat i guess and there's even a little data page line that says forever is where i live i tried to take you all with me you chose not to come but that's not true like it's not exactly yeah he wanted to wipe them out yeah and then she kills wolverine in a very similar style to when wolverine killed her in alternate future during uh hoxpox this is that this is that timeline. This is the preserve where he killed Moira so that they would reset. But I guess this is a different version of that, though. Yeah, that's why he's like, wait, what are you doing here? I already killed you. Like, that's still oh, this, it's the same exact one. He's gone back to it. Oh, OK. So like he still remembers that timeline. Yes, because he's still in it. It's the same. I think it's the same one. OK, that can make sense. And he kills him, essentially but he took enough of the phalanx, I guess, to come to the present. And the book ends with like the other Wolverines and Dakin agreeing to team up with them. And that's how we end. And from where I am, I think two and a half X's. Cause it is interesting, but still feels very abrupt. I will, at this point I was, I would give it three to two to two X's as well. So two and a half seems fair. Um, yes, I think, and, and I, and this sounds stupid, but like Hoxpox happened almost three years ago at this point. Yeah. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting for more to learn more about Moira, to get more of Moira. We had to wait until Inferno Inferno happened and it was quick. It was a quick fall from grace for Moira. And it was like, okay, I guess that's done now. And then X deaths of Wolverine happens. But should and just be called Moira. It should be called, should be called the X, X lives of Moira or something. I don't fucking yeah. know. But marketing um, wise. But Wolverine. it's, it's yeah, sure. I, they wanted to sell books. Um, but this is a Moira story. And it sounds dumb because like we've had to wait so long. But like, oh my God, it's like so rushed that it yeah. barely makes sense. Yes, 100%. There's no rationale for why she's gone from being this cunning long-term strategist yeah who quite literally was immortal in in many ways to just a reactionary character who is grieved and hurt by what she thought were her friends a one-time lover she's just mad she's just yeah. she's upset that her friends kicked her out of the clubhouse and now she wants to get revenge and that doesn't that doesn't, doesn't track hold with the the moira that was presented 
with Hawksbox and like precise and calculating and like really trying. And now this like basically petulant child, like this story would have made more sense if during Inferno, Magneto and Xavier left her to die. But they didn't. They had exactly. nothing yeah. to do with it. If all those characters the, at the finale of Inferno looked at Moira and said, do what you want with her and left her to die, then all of this rage would have made a lot more sense. Sure. But no, everyone went out of their way to make sure she was okay. Only two mutants are trying to kill her. Technically three now. But Doug Ramsey, which I still don't understand why he gave her a phalanx arm, but he gave her an arm to make sure that she wasn't just out there handicapped. I took it as he wanted to be able to keep a track of her also. Sure. I'm, and I'm sure there's a lot. And that's why she cut that arm off. Yeah. But, and I want to go back to that. In the scene where Steve Jobs gives her the new robot arm, look at the circuitry coming online. It looks a lot like the same design that you see in the phalanx. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So I don't that- think the phalanx is gone from her. And, I, and I'm only saying that because I know how this ends. But I don't, I don't think... The failings is necessarily out of her body. All right. So that's death, uh, X deaths of Wolverine number three. Next episode, we'll be finishing all of the X death and X lives. Finally, we will be covering X Men Red. Yes. And possibly the new Marauders. I think that came out this week or last week. Yes. It will be coming out. I have it. (laughs) By time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's right. It came out last week. Yeah. So, yes. Look. I don't suspect we'll spend a whole lot of time on the X deaths and lives. So yes, we should have time for <laughs> X-Men red and Marauders. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, where can Josh, where can I find you? You can go on Twitter. I'm at X It's librarian with an X queue up. That's so clever. Yes. Thank you. It is. Um, and, <laughs> or you can go to KrakoaRadio.com to find all the back issues of this here podcast. Oh, back issues. I see what you did there. You see what I did there? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you, I'm glad you were keeping up in one way today. <laughs> glad you weren't falling asleep on your duties. I'll, I'll no, I'll I'm, I'm literally looking down through the pages of X. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. looking down at. <laughs> yeah. You should be looking down on it. Anyway, where can they find you on Twitter? My friend. You can find me at Madman3005 or on Instagram, also at Madman3005. And yeah, that's it. That's it. All the right. end. Well, <laughs> that's how we're ending it this that's time. The end. The end. <laughs> Anger. Frustration. Wow. We don't, even get our regular, we don't even get our regular sign-off viewers. That's how much <laughs> X-Deaths has caused. So much pain. <laughs> Letting you wait to see if I'm going to do the thing. <laughs> Anyway, listeners, we will see you next time, somewhere in time.